Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew coming off a very exciting week of golf, PGA Championship, Kiowa. It was uh, great TV, Phil hitting bombs, Brooks blowing up, complaining about the crowds dinging into his knee. Uh, uh, It was a pyramid. It was a pyramid payout week. The the Ponzi scheme, the pyramid scheme himself, uh, ends up with a good result. Can't putt tried to give me a sweat. Yeah. He, he really tried to give me a sweat and then made a six on the 17th. It was, it was good golf. Uh, Dustin missed the cut. Uh, definitely was, it was a, an interesting week. The, the leaderboard was not reflective of the highest salaried guys on DK. What Mickelson was like 0.8% owned in the Millie maker. I mean, just a, a very interesting week of fantasy golf. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you had, unplugged from golf for like three years or you just watched the majors then plugging in phil and kepka was was maybe a start but it was unexpected was not the best dfs result for me but to be honest i think from a spectator perspective you couldn't have asked for too much more from the course i thought you know the more challenging scoring environment was great and also um obviously the sunday finish i think you can't ask for too much more than that so Phil's a legend. He was still at like four in the morning. He's like tweeting people from his private jet, drinking wine. He was uh, living it up. Yeah. I mean, I, my thought was, so I went, I went all in on DJ and Rory as uh, I said, I was going to do the ownerships were exactly what I wanted them to be at. Dustin was like eight, 9% owned in a lot of my contests. It was uh, it was the generational buying opportunity. It just turned out that what, well, really what actually happened was the course played super difficult last week and that it wasn't it was not a hit and giggle and uh it, it did not i mean bombers sure bombers were fine but it wasn't Everyone was there i mean like you know who exactly. stays in kevin streelman contending so it definitely was a fair test that yeah kept the the full field in play which is always interesting as well i think yeah, we'll get the want. full field in play this week but it's going to be a bit more of a scoring fest so i, I loved last week yeah. So this week, uh, it is it is very different. We are we are at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Jordan Spieth is the most expensive golf player uh, on uh, most ex- most expensive dude this week, and um, it's uh, it's not a hit and giggle. It's it's you got to hit fairways and you got to be good with your wedges. Like this is this is the Matthew Fitzpatrick event. Basically, is what I always think in my head. Yeah, it's like the quintessential second shot golf course. If you look at the course fit like driving distance definitely matters a lot less than it does the typical course. And even driving accuracy actually mattered a bit less. It was definitely a strokes gained approach course. So um, I think that plays very well for Jordan Spieth as well, the way that he's playing right now and probably is the deserved favorite. I was a little surprised to see him uh, up ahead of JT, but I think it makes sense the way that he's been playing um, on approach and some of his history here is no doubt factoring into that as well. Um, so yeah, second short, second shot golf course. The only difference, I was a little disappointed uh, Bryson wasn't in the field because the one year he played it, he just played it way differently than everybody else. And so you can't like slap a course fit on Bryson and he like dominated this course off the tee in a way that you hadn't really seen before. So um, no Bryson though, most of these guys are, you know, the, the bombers are more or less sitting this one out anyways, so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, which always is like an interesting dynamic in these, when you try and do the course fit and you try and say, okay, you know, second shot golf course uh, guys with their wedges and, and all of those things uh, that, that is always pretty interesting. So let's get into it. DK by price range. Uh, we have 
five guys who are above 10,000. Jordan Spieth at 11.2. Justin Thomas at 11,000. Colin Morikawa, 10.5. Patrick Reed, 10.3. And Daniel Berger, who just continues to play incredible golf, priced at 10,000. Yeah, well, Berger, Berger Chalk finally did fail during the PGA Championship, but um, he was still fine on approach, and he's definitely the type of player when you think of, like, these medium-length, short golf courses, the type of player that can contend. So the, the guys that jumped out to me up top, definitely Jordan Spieth with his approach play, um, just a, a perfect fit there. Colin Morikawa is arguably the best, you know, second-shot player in the world right now. So those were the two guys that leapt off the page for me as a course fit. Spieth kind of has the added benefit of just having the elite short games. So Morikawa is, you know, kind of net negative and he's going to need to run good. And so, you know, Spieth, I think is the deserved favorite, but I like Morikawa quite a bit as well. Yeah. I like, I like Morikawa quite a bit. Um, Can't say I'm big on Reed. We don't have ownership projections up uh, as we are doing this right now. What, what's your anticipation for where Berger ends up? Um, You know, I don't think, he's been so consistent for such a long stretch, like 12 events or so. And I just don't see people moving off of, you know, one week. So I think, you know, 10 K is a fair price. It's not a steal. I think he'll be in, you know, that 20 to 22% range that players like that usually are. I think JT is probably the guy that gets squeezed. Cause it's like an uncomfortable price for him. Um, the form has been fine. So, you know, I think usually we don't see the top end guys get really owned. I could see Spieth maybe like 16 to 18 and JT maybe in that like 12 to 13 range. Not what we saw with DJ last week, but low teens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that seems pretty fair. All right. Uh, Zalatoris is next 9,900 Abraham answer, huge value in the optimizer at 9.7 Finau, not um, I guess not your prototypical, course fit but just i mean fina is just an incredible golfer and is playing is in good form right now then our our chalk guy scotty scheffler 9.5 chalk Corey connor is obviously going to get there neiman 9.3 huge price hike for gary woodlands compared to where he's been at for recent events priced at 9.2 sungjay at 9.1 and then uh kokrak 9000 yeah, I, I mean, Corey Connors definitely jumped off the page at me as another value again this week. The TD Green play has just been, I mean, it's been elite and it's been incredibly consistent. And we always talk about it with Connors. He's, you know, net negative with his short game. And that's definitely a concern. But when he breaks even, he's finding himself inside the top 20. And if he happens to have a good week, those are the weeks where you see him contend. I think that. Connors is accurate enough. His approach game is good enough to stand up to this test. So um, even though, you know, we also target him on courses where you can gain strokes off the tee, maybe he loses that a little bit, but I, I think that his approach play fits for this week as well. So I, I do like Connors. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on Neiman? He, he seems pretty, he seems pretty interesting to me because if we think, you know, obviously Connor's going to get his ownership. Scheffler going to get his ownership. Answer is always, I mean, answer is just such a PGA DFS darling right now. Like, I feel like Neiman could kind of slip through a little undetected here. Yeah, Neiman's a tough one to figure out because people definitely really like him as well. And, you know, he's uh, another guy that is kind of like a strokes game darling, you know, yeah. and it's not too dissimilar from Connor's. And um, people are like to back him, hoping you catch the hot putting round um, eventually. And, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, I think his results last week, like his um, putting the past few events, like dating back to the Masters and Valspar has been carrying a bit more than expected. So I prefer Connors over Neiman and maybe Connors is a bit more owned, but I think they'll both be adequately owned. I actually think Scheffler might be the guy that gets kind of lost in that shuffle a little bit because I tend to agree people, you know, answer is a, a great course fit here, second shot course. Um, and then you got Connors Neiman. So I think Scheffler is probably the guy that gets overlooked, probably deservingly. But if I had to just rank the ownership, um, I also do like Will Zalatoris. I think, you know, people might are still trying to decide like what type of profile player he is, but he has showed up really strongly with his approach play, um, not just off the tee. So I'm happy to consider him as well, depending on how the ownership shakes out in these top guys. I feel like Zalatoris gets put in the bombers bucket. Like I feel like he just me- mentally he's in the the Corey Connor style bucket too. for yeah. people. Yeah, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to buy on Rose. I I've seen enough from him in the major championships uh, to think that. I mean, maybe he's you know he's not back to number one in the world form, but I like I'm I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready I, to just buy him. Yeah. Word of caution: He averaged three strokes gained putting per round at the PGA Championship, and actually, so he's putting again. It's and, good. And lost strokes <laughs> tee to green. Uh, so, a little bit concerning. Similar to the great performance at Augusta, he was a bit better tee to green at Augusta. But uh, yeah, those are tough fields. Those are major caliber fields, and I certainly um, would consider Justin Rose when you're comparing him to Billy Horschel. I just like the the nine K. Right. Exactly. I mean, Justin Rose next to Horschel. Charlie Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman and Ryan awesome. Palmer. So yeah, but I'm not it, playing him. Uh, he's going to be the guy I'm just like, I, I thought he profiled very similarly to Keegan Bradley going into last week and thought he was an elite pivot at like 5% versus 15% or whatever. And the ball striking has definitely been there for Charlie Hoffman. And I'm curious this week whether or not he, you know, is a guy that gets steamed because like the last four events he's had you know, his approach play has been as good as like Morikawa and Spieth. So short-term form is definitely there for Charlie Hoffman. And if he's a guy that gets overlooked, I'm going to be pretty into it. If he's a guy that ends up the like sneaky guy, you think it's sneaky early in the week, but he's 22 or 24% by Wednesday, like a little bit less. Well, and and he's around guys who shouldn't probably be chalky either. Palmer, Mickelson, maybe not, maybe not picks up a little bit of stream. You can't go back to Phil. There's just Phil's, no, Phil's just, still he's celebrating. He's, yeah. he's showing up maybe for his sponsors if he made a commitment, but you can't imagine he's going to be mentally geared up for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that you can't play Phil, I guess not whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll do MME yet this week or not. If not, definitely not a guy I'm considering for single entry and three max, but would make the, the MME builds. I don't have a strong opinion on Streelman. I do like Matt Wallace. Um, like Matt, Matt Wallace feels like one of the uh, ascending Euro Tour grinder style guys. Um, so I, I, I can see I can see riding him a little bit. But man, it, it gets pretty thin here quickly in the mid range. And then we, we, this uh, this Brian Harmon projection. I don't know if I've seen a, a fourteen and a half value in in the optimizer in quite some time. Yeah, Brian Harmon definitely getting a bit of a course fit adjustment here. Um, if you look at the the skill decomposition, uh, yeah. So I think that's I think that's fine for Harmon. Streelman, I always like him on this type of course. I just typically find him in the like seven thousand dollar range, um, and 
So it's a slightly uncomfortable price, probably like four or five hundred dollars overpriced. But a guy I would consider, I would consider him in three max. Um, but I'd prefer to get like like Chris Kirk. I kind of use similarly to Kevin Streelman as far as the types of course I look to play him on. And like Chris Kirk, we're getting at seventy six hundred. So single entry that I'd probably like avoid the kind of mid eight k range and try to drop down instead. You've got Kirk there. You've got Milian Agria there as well. So a couple options. Um, Siwoo Kim. So I, I think all of those guys are are pretty valid options that can kind of make like the optimal build. A couple higher price guys, and then a few guys from the mid sevens versus trying to like force yourself into the um, lower eight K range. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kucher seventy six hundred. Where where is his game at right now? Can I can I get the cosign on Kucher at seventy six hundred <laughs> at a bunter scores? Kucher and um, Sergio are definitely guys that we're going to need to wrestle with a little bit this week. Kucher's been back to like the cut making level of performance. We're still not getting high end ball striking high from him. High finishes, yeah. Um, but it, it feels like a field where that's probably fine. Like I think Chris Kirk probably has more upside than Kucher right now, but Kucher definitely in the mix this week. Um, and then I think Sergio is the other guy that is like Sergio Garcia well. priced under Keith Mitchell, like is just a buy. Yeah. Like I just I'll probably play him in single entry and and get the the one stroke over miscut. Yeah, he's definitely been erratic, but I think he is a buy. Yeah, I I like I like buying there. Uh, Patton Kazire feels like a guy who's like randomly found form recently. Like I don't know, do you have do you have any insight there? So you're just gaining a bunch of strokes putting. Um, I don't, I don't have any insight with Patrick Desire. What, what's his price this week? He is priced at 7,400. And I just recall seeing his name on yeah, I mean, leaderboards. I, a I feel bit like recently. people have definitely been, been touting him a bit. Yeah. Um, he's been like short game wizarding for the mm-hmm. last like six weeks. He's gained strokes T to green in two of those weeks. It has been with approach play. So he's typically losing boatloads off the tee. So that would be like one benefit is the off the tee play is not going to matter quite as much this week, but um, it, it's definitely all the short game wizard and all the putting from him right now. Yeah. Uh, Damon, this, this feels like a good, a good course for Damon who is gonna, um, you know, wiz- wizard his way around. Like he, he gains strokes without hitting the ball super far off the tee and from tee to green. So this feels like a good buy spot for him. Um I, Doug Gim, all right, everyone. What, we're gonna have to decide what to do with seventy two hundred dollars Doug Gim again. He's I, he's got to be headed towards like twenty five percent again. Yeah, he is another huge value here in the optimizer. I I was gonna say though, everyone who is my friend in the the Daily Roto PGA Slack, if I say anything about Russell Knox, just ban me, just for my own good. Do not let me in the channel for the rest of the week because I like I can see it in my head. Short course accuracy course you know this is a place where you know guys of his ilk can you know grind out t10s or whatever but like i just can't i just cannot do this with russell knox again gim is wild because like he's averaging like between 1.8 and like 2.2 strokes game t green basically every single event and losing almost exactly that putting so i i mean it's always the the tough thing to reconcile right because the the one week that the putting's on, like he can for sure contend, but the, the base case is that the putting is going to be a disaster and that a good performance is like break even, not actually gaining strokes putting. So 
I'm curious to see if he ends up like as high, like the other week, what was he like 25, 28%? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if he'll get that high because he's missed a couple cuts. Uh, so another guy we got to wait till Wednesday to kind of check out. Yeah. Um, okay. Some of the other cheaper guys who I think I could see, you know, being plays here. I think Kisner next to Gim. Kyle Stanley, just because, you know, he's going to get it done. T to green. It's just a matter. Uh, it's just a matter of the putting. Rory Sabatini. Isn't this, a, isn't this theoretically a good Brendan Todd course? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it theoretically is. Um, we haven't really seen the approach play from him, which I think is the, the concern. Like, definitely not expecting to gain a lot of strokes off the tee, but the approach play hasn't really been there the last, like, few events. And um, it's hard to tease out how much of that is because, like, well, two of them were majors. But, you know, he, he didn't play well at the RBC Heritage either, which is, again, the type of course I would expect to see him on. I do think it is a good Todd course. I might slightly prefer Domin to him, but um, I think from a course fit perspective, you're right. Yeah. Like, same with Adam uh, Hadwin. Like, Hadwin's been in worse form probably than um, than Todd has, but this would definitely typically be the type of course you target Adam Hadwin on as well. Yeah. Uh, also feels like a good Dylan Fratelli course. Uh, feels like a bad course for the guys down here who I'm looking at their prices and I'm like, man, I'd love to jam Champ and List and McNeely, but feels like absolutely awful course fits for them. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of a Zach Johnson resurgence here. Uh, so he's, you know, like his results have been fine. I was during the beginning of the PGA championship, you're like, what Zach Johnson's like tied for the lead right now. And he ended up falling off his team green play has been pretty terrible though. It's definitely been a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of short game performance. So I was, that was a guy that when I first opened it up, I looked at the price. It's like, Oh, maybe Zach Johnson could be the last man in on one of my rosters and definitely not quite as comfortable with his ball striking um, as like, just looking at the game logs looked like maybe he'd be a solid play. Um, I'd probably prefer like, Tom Hoagie over Zach Johnson. Hey, speaking my language, love to get love to get some uh, some Hoagie in there. Um, is is Henrik Stenson just dead? Like, are we done? Are we done with him as like a a, a good level tour golfer? He's well. So I mean, we're not playing good level tour golfer prices, right? You're not paying like eight yeah. k for Stenson. He is. He's definitely an enigma. The Honda Classic, he was a disaster. But since then, we've had the Valero Texas Open, the Masters, the Valspar, PGA Championship. He's played all those events. And he's basically been break-even, tee to green. Um, and with the putter, kind of the same thing over the course of all of them. So that's been more of like an average PGA Tour player performance than a guy that you write off entirely. And um, three of those four events, he's gained strokes on approach, which is good to see. The, the driver has been about neutral. So I do think he's like fringy considering how weak this field is and especially the depth flares. I, I don't think we're writing him off entirely in this field. Yeah. Uh, former, former outlaw tour hero favorite, Joseph Bramlett. Uh, I'll, I'll tout putting wizard, Michael Thompson, just, uh, you know, rolling in, rolling in those 16 footers. Like it, I feel like maybe it's a little bit easier um, for them to uh, for for him to set up those putts if he's not having to to hit the ball as far I, I think that's probably about as cheap as I could get yeah I'm not I'm not seeing well Nick putts is 6300 <laughs> yeah I, I paid I paid more for Mick putts at more difficult golf courses than this yeah I think like 6700 is probably about as cheap as I can go in single entry three max but 
I think when you get into MME, you do start to get guys in this range where you can definitely consider taking a flyer on like McPutts. I think it's important though. You definitely don't want to be jamming in like multiple guys down here, right? Like they're, they all yeah. have like 10% top 20 odds. So connecting two of those parlays in a DFS lineup is just really unlikely, like a hundred to one. So I think you want to max one if you are going to take flyers um, down here. McPutz was one. Cameron Percy has shown kind of some outlier upside with his iron play. So that was another guy that just like, I don't even know where he's projecting the model, but um, he jumped out as at least having upside, significant upside within one of the categories. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that I think that should do it for DFS stuff. Let's uh, let's take a look over at the betting markets. Uh, Data Golf is giving a slightly plus EV number on Connors. I don't know if I have it in me to bet Connors at at twenty three to one yeah. on Fanduel. Um, I guess I, the the biggest EV number that uh, the Data Golf has for us is two guys we just mentioned, Chris Kirk and Brendan Todd. I, I feel like I can throw. I feel like I can throw a couple bucks at those. Those feel like good stabs. Yeah, I think those are fine. Like that mid-tier seems pretty good. Um, I'd also be fine taking Charlie Hoffman at 42 to one. Um, and I think that's probably the range. Um, yeah, I feel like the, I'm definitely a little more bullish on Jordan Speed than Data Golf is. So like, even though they have him as the favorite for the event, I still, I was more bullish last week. And I think his, form has been better and they're using you know still a long time horizon so um that'll kind of shift value i think away from some of the fringe vets like abraham manser and Corey connors just because speed will capture more win equity but i still think you'll have value in that like mid-tier or like the 80 to 1 range yeah um siwoo at 85 to 1 feels okay hoffman feels okay Horschel feels okay, seventy to one. I don't know. No what I, you know what? Finau at twenty three to one probably probably looks pretty good. A good combination of like realizing that equity more often and a non terrible number. Yeah. And then Doug Gim, I think is plus four fifty to top twenty. And we talked to him a, a bit for DFS. Um, you know, I think he's maybe plus EV in their model to win. But if we're talking about a guy who's going to be really popular in DFS. I'd almost rather bet him than play him in DFS just because plus 450, you're getting a nice price. If the puttings break even, then I expect him to be right around 20th place, but uh, you're not have, having to like count on some magic recapture of you know gaining strokes putting or whatever to, to get the win. So I like the top 20 price there at plus 450. Yeah. Um, one and done. I mean, I Spieth, if you haven't used him yet, feels like a good spot for it. I, I think I might just use JT. Cause I am, I'm chasing here still. It's just been, well, it's so bizarre. I I'm having a, a very good year betting outrights and, and just in general in my life, I've got to be running at like 95th percentile and realizing equity and yeah. outrights, but I just, I cannot figure out one and done. Like I just am getting dusted. Yeah. It's getting pretty late in the season too. So it's, it's tough. Um, you're like, I don't know all the guys I have available. I would say I'm definitely trying to stick within the guys who are like 40 to one or better this week. So um, I don't have speed available JT. I'd probably try to save for when he's in better form or a bigger event. I consider Morikawa if I haven't used him yet, he's probably the the top selection besides speed, just as far as outright winning. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure I've used burger and Finau. I probably haven't used Patrick Reed. 
So Reed, Neiman, and Charlie Hoffman would be like the deeper plays that I would consider this week with, you know, Spieth and Morikawa, the top end guys that I like the best. All right. Um, any anything else on the the Charles Schwab challenge before we get out of here? No, man. I think it'll be a decent week. Usually a letdown after a major, but I think some of the guys up towards the top are fun to root for, and you know, Spieth should be in contention at least this week. So it's always good for for golf Twitter as well. Yeah. All right, there we go. Everyone, dailyroto.com, upload into the PGA Optimizer, get everything figured out, and uh, we will be back next week.